And we're live on the Touchdowns and Tangents radio show. I'm P.D. Camarillo. Oh, shit. <laughs> I just saw the craziest thing just now. I'm Kenneth Frank James Berry. Wow. Sorry. You ever get that alarming text message that just stops your whole day? Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you disturbing who don't know, this is the Good News Radio Station where the Touchdowns and Tangents show we are mostly about football, but we're also on the intersections of culture, random internet shit, music, whatever else comes up, pretty much. That's the tangent part of the show. Yeah, conversations that that are pretty inclusive in terms of even if you don't like sports, you can still listen in and have a take or go on a tangent. Yeah, and so... Man, I know last week last week was it was a dope show if you if you haven't had a chance to hear it, you know, we actually got some call-ins. And so I I guess I have an apology to make, KB. Yeah, you have several apologies to make, Peter. And my apologies are to the listeners. And and and, and here and here's why. Now, I know you like call-ins. So, if I'm off if I'm off brand or off beat or whatever, feel free to jump in. Yeah, cuz you do not like people. So, I guess where I went wrong is I didn't explain the rules of the show. See, here's the thing, man. Me and Kenny have been doing this podcast. This is episode like 65, 66. Damn near, yeah. Almost 70. And that's of this brand, which before we had other brands that we did, other podcasts we did. We're definitely in the 300 territory. This is technically a broadcast because it's live and we're on the Good News radio station app. Website, all that. but And we offer it in podcast form on many other platforms. The point is, me and Kenny have been doing this for a long time. There's a lot of prep that goes into it. Throughout the week, we're reading stories. We're talking to people. We're having talks with our people. We're talking smack. We're talking smack at each other. We're bouncing ideas off each other. We're planning. We have a two-hour meeting before where we usually eat some hood food. We write down rundowns. We share tweets. It's a whole week long process, and if you follow us on social media, TDs underscore tangents at Pete Certified at Ozo Grande, you can really see that process. We have polls, we have memes, we have different stuff that we share throughout the week. Just stuff that interests us, stuff that makes us laugh, stuff that pisses us off, stuff that makes us want to move. The point is, we know what the hell we're doing. Even though it seems like we just come in here and just have some casual conversations and go off on tangents and just give hot takes, that's really what not what this show that is not what this show is about. This show is about it's go ahead, Kenny. Give give them what this what this podcast is like. This show is like when you have like your normal go to spot. For food, whatever whatever it is. You have a normal go-to spot. But then you find something better, just unexpected. And then you're like, do I really want to, like, uplift my whole life for this? Like, totally make this my new thing? And they're like, yeah. And you do it. So, um, for all y'all who, like, cheat on your significant others and ruin your families, uh, this podcast, you're probably listening to this podcast while you're doing it. Uh, but don't credit us because, you know, we're all for, like, healthy families and shit the point is when we ask you to call in we're not asking you to call in because we need content me and kenny could sit here 
and talk for literally a whole 24-hour show. Literally. So when we ask for call-ins, we're asking you to engage. We want to hear what you think. We want you to call us out if we're off base. We want you to ask a question if you don't understand something. And there's multiple ways you can do it. You can do it on the chat if you're in the Good News Radio app. You can do it on speaker if you're in, if you're there. You can add us on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook. Instagram. But the call-in, this, this is a radio show, yes. But it's not your standard radio show where we have a producer who's able to screen calls. We are the producers. Exactly. So when you call in, you're effectively interrupting the script that we have. You're effectively changing what we have going on which is fine which we're for if you're going to make the show better and it doesn't have to be a lot like i'm not telling you to come in here and be a sports expert i'm not even telling you to talk about sports if there's some stuff you want to vent about if there's some stuff you got going on if your job sucks if you have like this one asshole who comes to your registry every day if you want to just air out your boss and stay anonymous because, do what that, you gotta do. because that's some stuff that we can relate to, and that's some stuff we can talk about, and that's the whole tangents part of the show. So feel free to have that tangent. But the point is, when you call and when you interrupt the show, number one, the number one rule is know what you're going to say. Number two, if it's funny, bonus points. We encourage you. Number three, if it's on topic, even more bonus points. And number four, if it makes the show better, then... Round of applause for you. You can call in every week if you want. Be like, how was your day? Um, did you see somebody shit on the bus? Like I did on the 733 because it happened. Somebody took a shit in the seat and I couldn't stop laughing because I'm childish. But the point is, for this is not on air with Ryan Seacrest. We don't need you to call in. No, chill, fam. He just he almost caught like a Me Too charge. But that's what I'm saying. Things. We don't we this ain't we don't need you to call in for content. This isn't a new show. We don't play music. This is a football culture talk show entertainment. And if you need someone to be fired up and yell at each other, realistically, this is not the podcast for you. I mean, it kind of this, this, this is this is when we yell, we're yelling for a purpose. When we have a hot take, it's for a purpose. It's not just to yell at each other, just to be heard. This this show is it, it's a lot. This show started off as being a creative outlet for us to, to say what we want to say. But now it's taking on a new life of it's an audio brand. It's a style. It's both knowing what you want to say and having to take, but also being able to build that out and connect it to something completely random. Talk your shit, peep. And being able to make it into a culturally relevant and topical tangent. That's the whole baseline of the show. Bars. So if you're just going to call in just to call in just to hear yourself talk, it's disrespectful not only to the work that we do throughout the week, it's disrespectful to the brand. It's disrespectful for the, to the sacrifices that we've made to get to this point. It's disrespectful to the people that actually do listen to us every week and actually do want to engage. And to those people who don't engage. Damn. And on top of that, it's, dis it's disrespectful to the network. It's disrespectful to the other shows that are on this network, that claim the network. Because this is a, a, a real-ass deal. We are taking this shit seriously. So when you call in, you got to take it seriously, too. You got to have a take or a tangent. Whatever it is, don't suck. That's the, that's, that's the biggest point. And that's something that I've, I've been off one of, my, one of my idols, Jim Rome. Because really... It, it is about the audience. Yes, we want to build an audience. Yes, we want to build a camaraderie. 
But we want to do it with integrity. We don't want to just let anyone on the air and just have sucky calls just because we're so desperate for fans. We're not. We've been doing this for a long time. And whether or not we have fans, whether or not we build a listening, yes, that's the goal. But at the end of the day, it's about having integrity. It's about being creative. It's about having our voice. And what what is the whole model of the good the good news? It's about being informative and it's about being conscious. Oh, quick sidebar. Every time Pete says at the end of the day, feel free to take a shot. Or take a bong, <laughs> take a take a fat ass bong rip. The point is though, the point is, if I hang up on you when you call in, don't take offense to it. Because I will hang up on my mom, I'll hang up on anyone. If they don't know what they're saying, if they don't have a tangent, if they don't have a take. And probably if it sucks. So he called me and hung up on me after asking me a question. Exactly. So the point is, man, didn't even let me get the answer. Out. The point is, if you get the air horn, if you get the booze, if you get the hang up, don't take it personally. Come back stronger next in. We have an open door policy. If you want to come in here, hit us up. We'll set it up. We got extra seats here. You more than welcome to come in here and do a segment with us. Treat it like a Tinder swipe that you don't really give much you know the point is i'm the mod and i reserve the right to hang up on anyone especially if it sucks and the reason why i'm really hammering this down the reason why i'm sitting down the ground rules is because you hung up on one of your best friends last week well yeah that and the other part of it is (laughs) keep it a book i need people i need people to have that extra filter i need you to think an extra second before you dial the number which is 323-900-0478. I need you to take a quick second and think, huh, is this actually going to make the show better? Huh, am I on topic? Huh, do I have a take? Huh, do I have a tangent? Huh, do these guys have something to say about what I want to say? Can okay, they relate to it? Substitute teacher Pete, I think you've made your point. The point is... And you kind of were going on a Kanye tangent. <laughs> I was like, "Are you about to sing? I need you to call it off because I want to really stop you. I don't want you singing Life of Pablo songs in here." All right, man. Well, like you said, I took I had to take everyone to school. Wait, so. did I just did I just did I just tell Pete to not to get off a tangent? Yeah, man. Shit, shit's flipping around. All right, Kenny. So Too much power, man. So touchdowns of tangents radio. Let's jump into the football content. I know you want us to get into a hot discussion that we just had with uh, the Courtside guys. Shout out to them. Shout out Listen to, to them. Shout Six to, to eight. Oh, my man. Fiery takes. Bro, several things were said in here that I wish they would have made air. Um, one of which was to take that Patrick Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, and also the Philadelphia Eagles. Wrong sound. Hold up. Yeah, I was about to say. There we go. That boo was for you, too. Uh, <laughs> the, the Eagles are literally getting everyone. It's like in Madden when you just put the settings on rookie and just get all the best available free agents and just trade people regardless of contract. Like, before you go to franchise, like, the opening, as soon as you turn the game on and you go there. Like you when go, there's no rules yeah, and it doesn't even make sense? Doesn't even make, doesn't even change the salary cap. Like, Bro, they're, it's, they're it's bullshit. They're the B, Eagles and the, and the Lions. Their B defensive line is, like, Everyone uh, else's starting line. Like, they're a Hall of Fame defensive tackle and, and teammates who aren't as good as that defensive line in Philly. Like, Michael Bennett is probably going to come off of the bench. 
Or and, if he's not starting. And it's not a disrespect to him. It's like and if he's, he's starting, probably going to ball out even harder now. But if he's starting, he'll be in Vinnie Curry's spot because they're probably going to cut Vinnie Curry. And if he's not playing defensive end, he'll be the starting defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox. That'll be fun. Who are you going to double team? You can't. And then you put, throw in Barnett. They keep Graham. You got a Graham there. They're you gotta got keep speed Graham. rush too. And then you have Chris Long. Man, Philly's defense only got – it's like – it's almost like Meek Mill and the Philadelphia Eagles are glowing up at the same time, retrospectively. Like I feel like Meek Mill will come out a better person after this whole stint in prison. <laughs> and he should be out because that whole trial was bullshit. And everyone, the DA, everybody there, the judge was corrupt. So, free Meek Mill. All right, speaking of teams that are, you know, making super teams. The, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, man. So Where's Vince Young when you need him to yell super team and curse the whole thing? So this week they traded for, um, or actually today, they traded for Aqib Tlaib, who actually played with Wade Phillips back in Denver uh, for two seasons. When they won a Super Bowl. And for those of you who don't know, a lot a lot of people know Aqib Tlaib for snatching Crabtree's chain, for shooting himself in the leg. For getting suspended in Tampa. Beating multiple felony charges. For being a New England Patriots mercenary for like two seasons. And being one of the greatest cornerbacks in Kansas football history. Yeah, Kansas was good at one point, everybody. Kansas football, yeah. Mark Mangio, the fat-ass, diabetes-light version of Mark Mangino. (laughs) The diabetes-light version of... Uh, he's like a cross between Andy Reid and the fat dude from Office Space who threatens to burn the building to the, to the ground. Yeah, that guy. Uh, I think uh, they went to the Orange Bowl in like twenty in two thousand eight and won like twelve games. And Chris Harris and Akeem Talib were both on that team. They've been playing together for like pretty much their entire college and pro careers almost. And he was a he was a twentieth overall pick in the two thousand eight draft. So you know. The dude's a he's a beast. So like ten of his career his thirty four career interceptions are pick sixes. He's two away from um tying Charles Woodson's record, which he wants to get. But my point was a lot of people don't know, and these are reports that I've been reading is Akeep Talib is like actually a football junkie. And that's one of the reasons why he fit in New England so well. That's why he fit in with Gruden is because he really likes to study tape. He really likes to... Not Gruden. Um, no, Gruden drafted him. John Gruden drafted Tlaib? That his was last, his last year. His last year? Yeah, his last year. Damn, that's solid. Yeah, so my point is... Uh, Akeem Tlaib is credited for um, helping Chris Harris get better a lot, as well as um, Brandon Roby, who... Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby, who will actually, you know, replace him. And actually be pretty good. Ohio State DBs are kind of... So what they're saying Great. is, because we already talked about Marcus Peters last week. Oh, and then they're they saying got Sam Shields out of retire, not out of retirement, but he pretty much took our. They're saying a keep to leave is going to actually make Marcus Peters better, better. That's and scary. He's, and he's a two-time All-Pro. Like, like I guess one of these reporters sat down with um, a keep to leave, and they were just BS and talking. They were talking about Marcus Peters because. Peters is outspoken. He has his own off the field, and there's a lot of similarities there. But he does a lot for the community that no one in Kansas City like to talk about. So, yeah, let me get the Kansas but they City were saying Marcus Peters could be even better if he had more 
coaching and more training because he's like always a half step late, but he's such a superior athlete and just has superior football skills that he makes up for it. But and to leave saying if he really refines himself and really finds someone who respects it, who he respects, he respects and lis- will listen to, he can be probably the greatest corner ever. Yeah. So that that's 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 the crazy part of the Tlaib trade. Now you put that him dude with Wade Phillips, like, man, and you look at Wade Phillips like Wade Phillips. He is says old, he loves bro. all he loves all his cornerbacks. Like he's old, bro, but like he, people relate to him, and they always have. Like he's always dealt with characters. He's always been able to manage big personalities, like throughout his career in Dallas, Buffalo, San Houston, Diego. I think wasn't San he? Diego. Yeah, he's all over, bro. Like. So, I think and that was his dad a is like a famous head coach. But, but, he, but, 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 I'm gonna give you the counterpoint, the point that everyone's missing, which is what we like to do on the Touchdowns of Tangent show. Go for it. They just traded away. They just traded away Ogletree on top of Robert Ogl- Quinn. Ogletree to they, the Giants. They just gave Ogletree an extension last year. They gave Robert Quinn one in like 2015. All that money's off their books. That's genius. Which is fine, but remember a couple things. Number one, Robert Quinn was like their only edge rusher, and even though he's a true four three defensive end, they had him playing stand up end. He's so and athletic he that he, he had eight it. and a half sacks. Like no, he had five and a half. I thought he had eight and a half. Pretty sure he had no. Yeah, eight, he eight had eight and a half sacks. Yeah, you're right. Brockers have five and a half. Yeah, My Michael bad. Brockers. You want to talk about him too? Which he actually bought out, even though he's not even a nose tackle or a five technique, but he's just a defensive tackle. He's better than uh Listen, man, a lot of people are going to talk smack about Alec Ogletree because he plays high. He needs to work on going through blocks. He misses a lot of tackles. He whiffs. He's a playmaker. But he's a playmaker, bro. He makes plays. He gets picks. He can cover. He can fill he's in like the room. He's like John Beeson going to the Giants. And he's not a four. He's not a three-four linebacker. He never he was. was. In co- yeah, he was in college. He played. Three four inside linebacker at Georgia. Yeah, but when you're at that level, you you when you're that level, you're you that freelance. athletic. You can freelance and do anything. But he is a Sam four three linebacker. He can play middle linebacker, but if you have somebody else who can play middle linebacker, okay. You really Ray Lewis be, played both scene, both Ray positions. Lewis wasn't a outside linebacker. He was a pure middle linebacker. Erlacher could have been an outside linebacker, but he played middle linebacker. He's more in that. My realm. point is you. Either way, whatever. We don't even have to talk about Ogletree. The point is... You you said to see him go. The Rams lost two key players in their front seven. And Connor Varwin was already washed, which was really the strength of the team. Now, they had some role players step up, like Tanzel Smart and Westbrook is okay. But... Ethan Westbrook... They're going to have to get edge rushers, and hopefully... There's they, a lot of them in this draft. Lorenzo there's, Carter. There's a lot of, like, solid ones. There's only, like, one elite one, which is Chubb. Landry's the next level. After that, it's kind of like a crap Davenport's a project. Davenport is a project, but... They might, be, they might be doing all this just to get Mo Wilkerson. If they're going to run a 3-4, you have Mo Wilkerson and Aaron Dowdle on the same defensive line. That's and disgusting. You, you make Michael Brockers play nose tackle. Or if they get Sheldon Richardson. No, they're not. Sheldon Richardson don't want to go to another 3-4. He's supposed <laughs> to stay in Seattle. Mo Wilkerson team. does for some damn reason because he met with the damn Packers. Now he's the meeting, Packers. Now he's meeting with the Saints and the Chiefs, bro. bro come but on. The, look at the Packers' defense. Yeah, their defense is on the come Clay up. Clay Matthews, Their Nick defense Perry. is on the come up. Don't cite Clay Matthews like he's big. 
Come on. He's a great player. He's literally the one dude. A great washed-up dude. No, he's not washed. It's just they made him play middle linebacker. They made him play every position at linebacker. I Instead wish this was live stream so you could see my eye roll when is, he said he's not washed. You look high, though, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> I always look high. I just have little-ass eyes, man. Leave me alone. Uh, there was a joke there, but it's just not worth it. But anyway, um, him going to to Green Bay would be huge because pretty much he'd be in the NFC. Probably easier to get sacks on those NFC tackles, let's be honest. Look at the division they're in. Who, Which one of Minnesota's left tackles can block him? Okay. Can Matt Khalil block him? No. Okay. But my point is... Yes. But if he goes to the Rams, yes. that's nightmarish. Yes, the Rams remade their whole secondary. They improved it. But and trying, they, they effectively changed up the whole dynamic. Just to give Aaron Donald money. We don't know what their defense, what their front's going to be like. On top of that, you got Gurley's extension coming up. You got, well, Donald first. Then you got Gurley. Then you got Goff. And then you got Peters. Now, isn't Peters? Actually, you got Peters. Peters is before. Peter, yeah, you're right. So. And Akeem. I mean, I'm not worried about him. He's he's, he's 31 years old. He's a mercenary. True. So my thing is, Who, wait, then they they uh, my thing is if they franchise Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah. So my thing is, if if for whatever reason Wade Phillips can't manage all those personalities, if they can't take care of Aaron Donald, they could easily self destruct. We saw it with the Cowboys last year. We saw it with the Raiders last year. It's really easy to go from eleven and five to seven and nine or six and ten in the NFL, especially when you have high turnover, especially when you have explosive personalities, especially when you really just kind of got hot as a team. So, the thing is, if that happens, it's less needs hit because he's from the previous regime, as we know. He all of a sudden got good at his job and just started getting all these free agent acquisitions. But he's I making a, a bunch of ballsy trades. Giving exactly, picks. exactly. Not just that, but he chose Lamarcus Joyner over Sammy Watkins. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to come back. There's reports that he's still interested. That both sides are still interested. I think they have to get something done because they gave up a second round pick. But the reality is, they didn't want to lose Joyner. He's too scheme versatile for them. The reality is, and they like Cooper Cup better. Anyway. The reality is, Sammy Watkins. He had a down year. He's battled injuries, but he's still easily one of the top. Five free agents, regardless of position. His receiver goes. Is he and top twenty five? He's probably top twenty. He's he's around there. He's I top, would say he's a top twenty receiver. In this he's league. a number one receiver. Talent is he better than Amari Cooper? They went the same position, just different years. <sighs> they both had down years. So and I'm, honestly, I, he was I, I really take, good in Buffalo. Would, he just I, didn't get credit. I would take Amari Cooper over him. Obviously, I'm biased, but I feel like can't keep weight. I feel like Sammy Watkins is a little bit more of a vertical threat, but Amari Cooper is more of a blocker and um, short area guy. I think uh, it's funny. Houston DeAndre Hopkins was recruiting Sammy Watkins back to Houston. That's scary because the last time Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins played together, I don't know how they didn't win a national title (laughs) at Clemson. Because, bro, he. Sammy what, Watkins, Tosh was, Boyd, was, yeah. <laughs> bro, it doesn't matter. They had a. Uh, it was Martavis Bryant as the third receiver, wide receiver. You, yeah. Then you have 
DeAndre Hopkins, Nuck Thompson, 16 touchdown catches, All-American. I think he won a Blitnikoff or got close to it. And Sammy Watkins was a freshman All-American. That shit was stupid ridiculous. And all three of those guys were major playmakers in the NFL. They just have to find their roles. My thing is, though, he, Sammy Watkins is going to make My thing bank. is, someone's going to someone's gonna offer him a lot of money. Because Dallas. there's money to throw around. This wide receiver class is not deep. I mean, it's deep, but it's not top heavy. It's so you're not going to get an impact guy. Someone's going to roll the dice on Sammy Watkins. And I don't know if the Rams are in the place to where they can win a bidding war. And he's so, going to go to Dallas. You factor in that you gave up a second round pick for him for one year, 600, not even one year, 15 games, 600 yards, eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. Which is you good. gave up a second round pick for that for one year. And your you chose, best corner. You chose Joyner, which you're going to give. Probably eight, nine, ten million to a year for two or three years, five years, whatever the case. So that was a decision you made. Then you talk about shipping out Quinn and Ogletree, which were basically products of the RG3 trade that kind of Jeff Fisher somehow found a way to make that team mediocre, but we don't need to get into that. So you got that. You let True go you let True go after you chose True over Jenkins. And now you have this completely rebuilt secondary, which we don't know how long Tlaib's going to be there because he's older, and we don't know how long Marcus Peters going to be there because he's going to need a deal in two years. So what I'm saying is if the Rams do self-destruct, it's less needs head, period. So, yeah, I think that the, the Rams are legit. I think they have a chance at the Super Bowl. I think they're an NFC favorite. But it could easily self-destruct. And if it does, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, that's, I mean, on the upside, it could be really good. I feel like they're really going to, because they they have the 21st overall pick. They're in a sweet spot in the draft. But I think I think the point that you made that was cool, especially about the Eagles. The Eagles is, learned their lesson from when they gave Namdi Asamoah a stupid amount of money. No, no, and no. It didn't work out. But but what I like about this offseason and the Rams making moves, the Eagles making moves, is it feels like Madden, yes, but at the same time, these two teams that were NFC contenders last year, they're not – well, one of them won. They're not resting on that. They're not just sitting on that. They're actually out there trying to make moves and trying to get better. And that's good for the NFL, especially right now, basketball season, and here we are sitting. I mean, we were always talking about the NFL, but we actually have content to talk about. True. The other thing, the other team that's really been in the headlines this week, and we've kind of talked about them over the past few weeks, uh, your boy Pete Carroll's team, Seattle Seahawks, last week he said this this year was going to be a transition year. Little did we know. Can we get that boys to men song into the road into the road, please? Foreshadowing. Just a snippet. Not only did they trade Bennett, as we talked about, Richard Sherman's on the block. He basically tweeted uh various Goodbye. various members of the Legion of Boom, various members of the Seattle Seahawks His defense. His mom came out on Instagram. Saying that he's doesn't plan on being there. And as I told Kenny when it happened, what would you give up to be in that Seattle Seahawks? defense group chat like i i feel like they probably have one with like current members and then they probably have like a big ass one with like bi's probably still in there and like yeah basically people marshawn yeah marshawn's in there marshawn only really 
tweets like Skittle pictures. Jeremy Skittles. Lane was in there when he signed last year and then before he got cut and came back and KJ then they Wright. added him back to the other one. Yeah, like old school Seahawks might be in it. Like um Maybean. Brandon Maybean. Yeah, Brandon no. Mebane. The and the other old ass Allen Branch, they're probably in it. Uh, uh what's the dude out of Georgia? Um damn. I forget his name right now, but there's a guy. He played for the Raiders. Aaron Curry probably gets screenshots every now and then. Aaron Curry. Just He's like, not in. They just send like, him a screenshot every now and then. Like, hey, bro, Aaron you Curry, remember you're this? trash. Are you still alive? <laughs> hey, bro. You- no, nah, he's actually coaching. He, still, he was still trash as a player. I mean, he had no knees, bro, but. I Wake Forest, though? Four, he had four high speed. That's cute, but he's trash. He's a bust. Oh, for sure. He was the number four pick. Major bust. He was a bigger bust than. Uh, but it wasn't Vernon his Golston. fault. His his knees were shot. Don't blame his knees. His knees were shot. No, Don't. Vernon Golston was a worse was worse, because Vernon Golston didn't even start for like four years. Aaron Curry put up starts, bro. They should have just made him. He just got hurt. Like, he, he got hurt. Rusher. They drafted Bi. They replaced him. They tried to move him inside. They already had um. KJ. They're pretty much building this this team around Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Yep. That's what they're building the team around. Which because, you should, because Bobby Wagner's an all pro. Because Cam Chancellor, as we've talked about before, he's probably not gonna play again. Cliff, Cliff Averill, Averill not might not play, play again. Neck injuries. And then KJ Wright's expendable. Earl Thomas is on the trade block. He might just he probably knew something that we all didn't. That they were gonna get rid of everybody. He's like, man, Dallas, come get me. I played in Texas. Come get me, Jerry. Which man. was a stupid move by the Seahawks. I really don't want to see your old Thomas play anywhere else. I mean, I'm an Eric Berry fan. I really don't even want to see Richard Sherman play anywhere else. Can he play anywhere else? I'm just playing, of course, again. I mean, my biggest thing, my biggest thing. What if he went to Philly? My biggest. Because uh, Philly's stealing everybody. Not what if the Eagles game. get Earl Thomas? I would – I'd have to – I'm glad he didn't end up with the Rams, to be honest. If Earl Thomas went to the Rams, bro. <laughs> LaMarcus who? Joyner who? Stop. Joyner Lucas? <laughs> that defies logic. Come on, bro. I did it. I don't care. Wordplay? Yeah. I know a rapper by the name of Wordplay, too. He's dope. And? <laughs> Did I care? I so, so give me, give me some spots you'd like to see Earl Thomas. Give me some spots you'd like to see Richard Sherman. And really, as you said, Dallas, Minnesota, what, what, might try what, something? what are the Seahawks gonna? Do? What, what are the Seahawks? What do they need? The Seahawks will probably they kind of have to keep Earl Thomas because they really don't have anything else on the back end. You really don't. I mean, you have Shaquille Griffin. He's nice, or Shaquille. Shaquem? No, Shaquille. Shaquille is the one coming out right Shaquille. now. Yeah, Shaquille's dope. Um, they might end up taking Shaquille on a flyer because they know how to develop linebackers in Seattle. Um, they're probably gonna take some more corners. Honestly, Richard Sherman had will probably end up. Going I mean, we'll get to Shaquille later, but I think he should just play strong safety. Who? Shaquille. He runs a four three eight. That's what I'm saying. Play him at strong safety. He could play let him linebacker. let him be a Rome. Yeah, but let him he, let him use his speed. There's a lot of six foot linebackers in the league. Let early. him use his speed though. He'd be a chase 
linebacker. Let, exactly. Let him but play. then he has to cover, and you don't Let want him, him covering a receiver with one hand. Yeah, but you don't want him taking on blocks with one hand either. And not yeah, even, not even just how you use him. Not even just one hand. It's 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 an issue for college football players as a whole. Taking on blocks, working through more traffic and less space. More big bodies getting thrown around, more big bodies getting pushed, more big bodies coming at you. You can't just run around people. You can't just take cutback teams and just make plays he's on just, your peers. He's strong, feet. though. Like, he, no, he's that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying overall that's an issue for linebackers coming making the transition, number one. Number two, he actually has the speed to play safety, so why not play him at safety where he can actually he make might plays? Not, he doesn't have the agility, though. Because you true. watch, I watch some of the combine. That's he's true. a linebacker for sure. That's true. With stupid, he's, he's speed. better running forward than he is backwards. backwards. Yeah, for sure. It's like 100%. a lot of edge rushers and linebackers. Why do you have them in coverage? That's why they suck. They're better rushing the passer. It's like true. they finally realized that with Nick Perry with the Packers. They're like, oh, he's actually really dope because he's six three, two fifty, and runs a four five flat and is strong as hell. Maybe I should have him go forward and you know flop sides with Clay Matthews. And actually rush with him instead of trying to make him a coverage linebacker. Yeah, for sure. That's what they mess up with all these edge rushers. And they're finally realizing that, oh, this is how we're supposed to actually utilize these guys. That's why this is a deep class for edge rushers and linebackers. Five guys, what, three guys ran four fives? Okay, so, like I said, give me some give me some places for Sherman. You're saying Thomas is probably going to stay there or go to Dallas. Where's Sherman gonna go? Um, they might like do something crappy and send them to Cleveland. Nah, they're not doing that. The Giants. I mean, I heard they might even the just, Bears. I heard they might even just cut him out of respect and just let they him cut him a little test the market. Yeah, he, and I honestly, think San Francisco is the perfect spot for him. Well, the Stanford connects, as we talked off air. John Bay Lynch area. with the Stanford. He's from California. He's from Compton. Um, I would have said the Rams, but they already made moves at corner, so they're probably set. And then the, the next team that comes to mind is obvious. The Raiders? Well, the Raiders is one. That'd be dumb because they should put all their money in Jermaine Johnson. The Raiders would be dumb only because he's coming off an Achilles. And he's old and he's already slow. Yes. And Miami. We already, and we already have one of those. Washington. I'm going to give you. Baltimore. New England, bro. It's the obvious one. They like mercenary corners. They took a chance on Browner before, and Richard Sherman's way better than Browner, and they actually kind of like Brown, Browner's faster. Sacrifice. They actually like made Browner good again. So, I think Man. New England is probably the, my front runner for him. I hate to say it, Buffalo. He's gonna go to a contender. I could even see him go to Tennessee. Carolina. Tennessee has money. Carolina's a good one, but he. The thing about Richard Sherman is like, man, he has beef with so many people. It's like, who are you gonna go? The the, che- the like he called Saints. He, he's called out Cam. He's called out the Niners. He can't go to Jacksonville. There's too much swag there. There's too many corners. So can't go to Minnesota. I mean, he could go to Minnesota. It's it's, it's definitely something to look out for. So shit, Philly might really happen. That's the scary part. Yeah, Phil, Philly's a good one. And the Eagles are like the Seahawks are like, give us that first round pick. Philly's like. What else you got? They're not giving him. They're not giving up a pick for him. If we'll give you a first round pick, you got to give us Earl Thomas. Nah, and they already got Michael Bennett. They're not giving up a pick for him. I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure they already had that conversation. Yeah. Houston. Kansas City uh, might need a corner. Go to Houston. 
Houston Kansas City's in a rebuild. Houston so always not going there. They're in a reload. Because they're not really rebuilding everything. All right, so let's move on. Um, you want to give us? You got a college story for us this week? I mean, not really. It was in the combine. All right. Other, other than like pretty much the NCAA used the Thirteenth Amendment as an excuse as to why athletes shouldn't get paid. And if we want to talk about college news, I got a special. I got a special. Uh, this is about college basketball. Pete, I think you know what I'm about to say. Go for it. Our CSUN fired uh, from her NBA. Our alma mater. Or my alma yeah, mater. Your alma your, mater. Your current school. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Shut your ass up. <laughs> I'm mad that you cackled so hard at that. It's cool because I still got less school debt than you anyway, bitch. Ooh, that went nice with the thunder. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> you even let the thunder hit before you said it. Exactly. Anyway, uh, Reggie Davis and... You hear that, callers? See that? That doesn't suck. It makes the show better. You could talk shit, call us out, whatever. Just make sure it's funny. You kind of pissed all of them off. They're probably never going to call in again. Man, I really don't care, like I said. Bro, you're terrible. Like, you're, you're, you're get, you're, your person-to-person relations are just terrible. That's why I work in PR, right? You don't do cold Look, calls anymore. Hey, hey. Do you hey. do cold calls anymore? Yeah, actually, I do. But let's compare with journal. How the hell? Wait, hold on. Yeah, that's we'll have that conversation hard. off air. It sucks, but I do it. Actually, <laughs> some journals are cool, man. Some journalists are cool, but you know, there's a lot that aren't. But we can have that conversation later. But uh, speaking of fighting, uh, Reggie Theus, former CSUN head coach, who went like fifty three and one hundred four. It's a, he lost pretty much every season he was at CSUN. The only thing he got them was better recruits and a little bit more recognition nationally. Kind of expanded their recruiting uh, bubble. Got some key transfers from like Texas A&M. Got a dude literally named CSUN from China. All right, man, get to the point. No one cares uh, about CSUN. They're like yeah. the worst program ever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they both got fired two days ago or yesterday, I guess. Um Brandon Martin, former athletic director, and Theus got into a fight. Which Brandon Martin was an athletic director at Oklahoma. He was also he was a senior member at, at Oklahoma, USC. and he was yeah, but he was a senior member at Oklahoma, and yeah, pretty much every athletic director since what 2013. He hired yeah. him in 2013. All right, man, he thought it was a dream point. hiring. Pretty much, it failed miserably. Before I hang up on you. <laughs> wow, stop cutting me off, <laughs> asshole. Anyway. Uh, pretty much they got into a fight and they got fired. But really, they got fired because Diaz hasn't won anything for CSUN at all. Rick Patino, Rick Patino, shout out to Dave the Sports God, CSUN alum. He's not coming only because he's not coming for 500k. They cannot afford his ass. They cannot afford. It's like, but if he is desperate to coach, I get what Dave is saying. It makes a lot Jerry of sense. Sark- Jerry Tarkeesian. It makes a lot of sense to come to CSUN because it's a beautiful school. Basically, brand new campus. They have money to print at CSUN. They're in L.A. They're not broke. They're in L.A. It's mostly sunny. It's hot, but whatever. It's mostly sunny. There's dorm spaces, apartments, literally on the hill because we're not getting. They're not getting Trees. a football team. They could literally just put a stadium up there. For Patino. So if Patino really wants to remake his image, really prove he can take a program from the bottom up, 
It's a spot that makes a lot of sense. Do I need to do my sugar guy impression? And be but like, at the same time, to- Reggie Theus was a descendant of the Patino coaching tree, so. Probably not going to work. Just let that marinate. But shoot your shot. Ray Ryan even said it. Shoot your shot. Another CSUN alum. Shoot your shot. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Pretty so, much, and we were in the group chat just killing it, and I made a meme that's really funny, but shout out to Evil Patrick, Sinister Patrick. <laughs> Love that meme. SpongeBob right. really is the GOAT, like, and we don't give him enough credit. Every, like, year there's a great SpongeBob meme. All right. Well, well, we're on the topic of college football. This is something I wanted to get your take on. Um, so Yes, they should be paid. In well, full, Paid in full. Two. Not this argument again. You already know how I feel. They shouldn't be paid. But I think they should be able to make money out their own likeness. I don't think. So, kind of like what I said. I don't think college football should claim them. But I don't think they should get a full on salary. And they shouldn't use the 13th Amendment Mm -hmm. to justify slavery, which was used to justify slavery. And if you've seen the Ava DuVernay documentary 13th on Netflix, you would know how bad that is. But they. The, the lawyers for the NCAA literally used the 13th Amendment to justify not paying student-athletes. So they're admitting that it's slavery. Okay, can I get to my point? Sorry, I just wanted people to know that they used you, something that was justifiable for slavery to justify not paying student-athletes. And if you're okay with slavery, well, then fuck you and your mother. I. So the UNLV defensive tackle, I think his name's what, Ed Oliver? No, Ed Oliver played for Texas. I mean, Houston. Oh, yeah, you're right. But it's there's Houston. a D-tackle who died from his injuries from another school. It's, yeah, yeah Ed Oliver, there. you're right, from Houston, declared for the NFL draft a year out. Because he, he could have came out this year if he was eligible. Yeah, but. He was the best defensive tackle in football. So since you like to say you yeah, predicted like, stuff, he, is this going to be the new trend? Uh, yeah, I predicted that he'd be great, too, because he was like a five-star recruit, went to Houston, had like nine sacks his freshman year, was a freshman All-American. And Clemson had all their guys come back. So, literally, Clemson is going to have like four so guys. So, next year's defensive line class is going to be stacked. Legendary. Finally, if Oakland can get one. Oakland won't draft them. They won't Idiots. draft them. They won't draft him. I bet you they won't take Lorenzo Carter. They're going to take They're gonna take Hubbard or um, Stanford defensive end. No, the Stanford D tackle Harrison Phillips is dope. Uh, they need they need him because he actually's pretty good. Man, he's don't just why strong. you hating on white Stanford defensive tackles? You really don't like white Stanford defensive tackles. I don't like I don't like defense. You hate Henry Anderson still. I don't like two gapping defensive tackles. I don't like people whose best moves are bull rush. So you hate Washington D tackles yeah. too? Yep. You hated Danny Shelton? Yep. And Vitavia. Yep. So you hated Haloti Nada when he came out? No, you didn't. I did Lie and say you didn't. I didn't. Okay, then. But he was actually an athlete. So was, he ran a 5'17 at 347 pounds. By the way, my mom was a track star, like a legendary track star. At McClimate High School in Oakland. And she loves critiquing. We watched the Combine all week. She loves watching um, NFL players run their 40s because she's like, they're such shit in their trash form. Like, why do they have their hand up the way they do? She's like, honestly, they should just treat it like you're running track. And some of these cats run slow times. Like Dante Jackson, LSU corner, he ran a really he ran a four three two, but he kind of like his his takeoff was kind of bad. Bro, Saquon Barkley 
stumbled and ran a four four one. You know, he ran a four four flat. And his first run, like he had no technique, bro. He just full on muscled it. Yeah, and ran a four four. I was like, some cats were striders. Oh my god, bro! This guy's fast. And then they screwed Tony Brown over because he's probably gonna run like a four three two. Um, they he had a perfect, and he was a track star. He you he you can tell who's you can definitely tell who's a track star. Form. You can definitely tell who's a track star because, like you said, number one, they have good technique. But number two, their hands don't cross their chest when you run. Besides that, bes- besides that, they, what I've noticed about track stars is once they run that forty, they're just getting started. Oh yeah, like they're just hitting their their third gear. Or they blow a hamstring <laughs> because they're dehydrated. Because like I said, the combine is made to dehydrate. Oh, I got another story after this. But the combine's made to literally dehydrate you and just fuck up your muscles. And some cats didn't run 40s. Like Alabama's pro day, Rashawn Evans still didn't run a 40. Because Alabama linebackers notoriously run slow. And I think they just wanted to see if he could rush the pass and all the other stuff. So it's like, you know what? He's one of those Alabama linebackers who probably runs a 4-7, but he'll get drafted anyway. And he's bald-headed. He looks like a James Harrison, but not as muscly. Or steroidy. But so, while we're on the topic of the combine, why don't you go ahead and give me some of your top performers, some guys who jumped out, some guys who helped their stock, some guys you want to see more from, you want to hear more from. Okay, but for this guy, his situation is a whole other story. Darius Gweiss? Uh, yeah. I remember his name. He ran a four four nine. I was gonna get to that later, but okay. No, we'll hold, up, we'll hold off on that. No, no, yeah. no. We'll hold off on that. He ran a four four nine. Like I said, baby Marshawn Lynch runs angry, runs perfectly pissed off. Um, had a great combine, great workout. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Honestly, obviously won though, man, he had a better. I think Saquon Barkley had a honestly, better combine I was, than Peter. I was expecting more from Guise because Guise, whatever you want to say. He ran a four four nine. That's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm supposed to say were, if he can they, get a four fours. But they were saying he was going to run a four three. Bro, technique LSU players always run faster at their pro days. That's true. You're right. You're right. And it all comes down to technique. And by the way, he was literally in there for like four days, being poked, prodded, asked really stupid, evasive questions. And there's okay, just, all right. I'm, I'm, everyone goes along with that. every other prospect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like Shaquan Barkley still ran a four four and stumbled. Yeah, but that's like, a bro, freak of nature. I don't want to hear nothing. He's a freak nothing. of nature. I don't want to hear nothing. He bro, stumbled. Only, he's, yeah, exactly. And uh, Dante Jackson, the LSU corner, probably would have ran a 4-2 had he not had a shitty start and ran and veered off to the left when he was running his 40. There's a couple guys who are fast. They just, like Joe Hayden ran, had a bad 40 time at the combine years ago. Which but, 40 times aren't everything, but. No, they are in some cases. If you're a corner and you run a 4-6 or a 4-7. Like uh, Tavares McFadden, the Florida State corner, Deion Sanders is like, man, last well, scouts are saying this guy's slow. He runs a four six seven. Twenty sixteen, he led the nation with eight interceptions, but ran a four six seven. He's six two. Unless he plays safety, he's done. Who? Tavares McFadden. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. Florida State. And corner. it looked like it hurt too. Yeah. <laughs> like it looked like he had a sled and a parachute on his back. It looked like, like he was shot looked, both of his hamstrings. It looked like he was pedaling a hike uphill. With no chain, Ouch. which is a metaphor to my life. Okay, damn. All right then. Uh, wow, <laughs> that was dark. That was darker than Big Sean's album. All right. Anyway, 
Um, also, other guys who jumped just out. Just Penn State athletes. Mike Gusecki ran. He's six six two fifty. Ran a four five four. I want to shout out Troy Apke, who actually the white safety ran a four three two four three four. And a forty-one uh, inch vertical. Actually, shocked um, Deion Sanders. He's like, you know, I can't say. You know why I can't say what I want to say on national television? Because white dudes aren't that fast, and white safeties usually can't cover, especially a dude. But he ran track which, and which, then transferred to Penn State. Which I actually saw him at the NFL PA Collegiate Game. So he was he, MVP of that. He game. actually won the MVP of that game, and that's actually one of the things that he said is that he actually needs to work on his his um uh man coverage. He's more of a so the one thing you're supposed to do is a safety exactly cover people exactly so you're just fast but he you, knows he needs to work on his one on ones but as far as making up ground as far work, as like being able to jump up and make plays on the ball read and warrior. track the ball he's good on that note he only had like two picks in college he didn't have a lot of tackles he really only had like a year and a half of starting he but, he only started his last year really but I think he's. He's he's probably worth either a seventh round based on the com. He pretty much played himself from an undrafted free agent to a seventh round pick based off the NFLPA game and based off of the combine. the combine alone. And then he has a pro day coming up, Penn State's pro day. And pretty much, if he's not on PEDs, he'll probably be a, a great special teams player or, or a good not. special teams player. Or not. Okay, but, he'll at least get a special teams tryout. <laughs> New England will definitely try he'll, him out. He'll be a special teams B player. New England or Arizona will definitely try him out. He could develop into a nice special teams player. Off of that so speed. So Stuart Schweigert? I mean, Stuart Schweigert started. And was a pro bowler. I'm joking. Yeah. But anyway, other um, – I'm just going to go by position groups. Uh, the defensive line, linebackers, edge rushers, and just defensive backs in general – a lot of them ran fast 40 times, had great workouts. But in particular, top guys like Roquan Smith and uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, both one, uh, Smith ran a 4-5-1. Edmonds ran like a 4. Bro, and Edmonds, four, five, four, and Edmonds is four, 90 two, years old. That shit's ridiculous. Which is crazy because it, well, my, it, it scares me. He's like Von Miller, but bigger. It scares me because he doesn't really have a defined position. He could play edge, linebacker. He could play every and, position at linebacker. And I'm worried he might be a Moby Okoye. A Moby Okoye? Yeah, there you go. Nah, Moby Okoye was like bro, it's hard, super young. It's hard to be 19 years old and be in the NFL, bro. Yeah, but he's a junior. It's hard to be 19 years old and be in the Bro, NFL. He's, probably, he's going on 20. I don't care if your pops was in the league. Okoye was care. like 18 going on 19 or 17. He was super young. But the thing with um, Edmonds is he actually has elite talent. So if you look at him, I mean, uh, you look at Lorenzo Carter. I mean, Lorenzo Carter is the biggest freak of nature because he's 6'6", 250. He ran a 4'5 flat. Bro, the Texans took Okoye in the – Okoye. Fr- Okoye. He's a D tackle. In, in the top 15. Edmonds like played like a grown man in college. And he literally moves like a defensive back. And his brother had a great combine too. And his brother's a safety. Yeah, his brother literally ran like a 4-4-8. So he's a little bit faster than his brother. And he has like a 41-inch vertical. So the linebacker class won the draft for me. Because a lot of them ran really great 40 times. And the other Georgia dude? Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, 6 6 um, probably played himself into the first or second round. Then you also have the D tackles that did really good. Uh, the one dude out of South Florida, 
forgetting his name right now, but he played in the NFLPA game. Your boy, um, Vita Via. Yeah. You also have Davenport ran pretty much clowny type numbers, four, five, eight. Uh, the only difference is people are like, he's underdeveloped and he played at uh, University of Texas San Antonio. But he's their all-time leading sack leader. So there's that. But then you have Josh Sweat. And he can't bend and he needs to work on his hands. Yeah. There's and that. he doesn't have a defined position. so uh, He kind of does, but he kind of needs to actually just get better at his craft. But then you have Josh Sweat, edge rusher, defensive end out of Florida State, who left for his junior year. Had a really bad injury in high school, carried over to Florida State. But he ran a four five three. Um I think he's like two fifty two. Thirty nine and a half inch vertical. That's stupid for a defensive end. Like that's ridiculous speed. Um that's like clowny type numbers, literally. Clowny ran a four five three. So you got those cats and they're defensive ends, edge rushers, linebackers. This is a really fast group. A dude out of Wisconsin, Leon Jacobs, he ran 4-4-8. You got the linebackers, like Chino Wosu, he ran 4-6, but he kind of had like a bad start, but still. Uh, Leighton Von, Leighton Von, Boise the, Boise State. State, the Boise State linebacker, he ran a 4-6, uh, like a 4-6-4 at 6-4-256. That's ridiculous. That's Erlacher-esque. So... This linebacker class is legit. They're fast, and they're going to go high. You're going to get a lot of linebackers and defensive linemen the first three rounds of this draft. Which, by the way, um, whatever his name is, Vaughn, whatever. Vaughn Aiden Esch. Yeah, I don't know how to say his his, his last name. Dude played eight-man football in high school and worked his way. His linebacker tape is really some of the best tape I've ever seen. He has great tape. But he's not that fast. He is fast. And I think he's too tall to play inside linebacker. I don't think he's fast enough to play Will. He runs a 4-6. I don't know if he's if he has he the a, hands and strong enough to play Sam. So He has a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical. He's athletic and explosive enough to play I didn't say I didn't say he wasn't. I'm just – I don't know if he can cover. I don't know if he's He covered. He covered. He ran a four six, dude. A four six. Honestly, bro. I'm not putting him in my first round, and a lot of people are. That's because you just don't like Boise State linebackers. Shane McCle- McClellan left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but look what he's doing. He can cover for New England. He was good for them until he got hurt. This dude can le- legit play the run. <laughs> a first round pick who can legit play the run. That sounds real exciting. And he's actually like legit fast. All right. He's a thumper. All right, so continue your list. Hurry up. Um, You're rambling. Like I said, pretty much the top corners. Denzel Ward Denzel ran a 4-3-2. Ward bought out 4-3. Shout Dante, out to Perry Nickerson out of uh, Dante, Tulane. Dante um, All ran 4 Jackson, three You already talked about. Man. A lot of these cor- Josh Jackson was a disappointment because he ran 4-5-6. Yeah, yeah. He really took himself out of I the top 10. I don't trust Iowa cornerbacks. Took- I'm going to keep saying it. Which is something I wanted to and bring safety, up. Safety, yes, not corner. I, something I wanted to bring up. Is the small corner coming back? Like the small, fast, agile corner who can play man and exactly play zone and all. Because yeah. Ward and Ward is probably the best corner in this. Five ten. No, he and he's five ten. He definitely is. Dante Jackson only had like seven bench press reps. Yeah, so he's probably going to be the second. He's not or third a press round. guy. Yeah. Um, it's just certain cats, man. Like oh, and um, J- Jari Alexander from Louisville. 
Yeah, he he had a great combine. He's too. incredibly competitive, and people thought he was slow. And then he ran a four three eight. I'm just like, ha ha. All right. A lot of these cats, like Offense. the Alabama corners, Tony Brown, Anthony Everett, both ran four three fives, sub four threes. So, man, it's it's gonna be tough. Like this is a deep class. Like corners are running fast. Like and they had like six. They had forty corners and like twenty DBs. It's insane. And on the other side of the ball, the wide receivers ran slow as hell. Bro, it's a lot of receivers who ran fast. There's a lot of big receivers There's who ran fast. Yeah, four fives, which you slandered four, people three, for seven, four four eight. Your guy, Equinamius Brown, St. Brown. Second or four, third four, round eight. pick. Bro, you said he was a first round pick. In your I did not say Don't backtrack. You said I did not take a first rounder on him. I said, Don't lie. I said someone could take a first round flyer on him. And Which fall in love with his potential. Idea. Would be a terrible. I idea. said they could do that. I didn't say I would do He's that. Not even as good I as didn't Bob say they Floyd. should do that. I didn't say they should but you do put that. It in your story. But let's not pretend like this You're receiver new, class is stacked because it's really not. A there's a Dame bunch of guys. Boy. There's a bunch of guys with holes, as we've talked about over the past fan three weeks. Boy. So one team is going to say, "Oh, Fanboy. that's my guy," and I'm going to take him in the first round. Well, the I'm not are, saying they should. I'm saying you should wait until the second or third round. And draft, dude, bro, because not, that's going to be the great value. Bro, there's like five receivers I would take before him. Six, damn near. I'm taking Jay's Washington before him. I'm taking Anthony Miller before him. It's route. Uh, a lot of cats said it. It's the route running and precision. Calvin Ridley. I'm taking um the Texas Kirk, Texas a- SMU, A&M. Sutton. He's just a good pass. Uh, he's a pass. He's a pass. He's like Demar- I, he's yeah, a raw prob- Demarius Thomas. I probably would take Sutton over There's him. There's six receivers you would take, and then you have um, I forget the dude. But let's not now, but let's not a, act like we haven't seen six receivers go in the first round. Yeah, and for sure the first and second round we've seen that. So even if he's a seventh or eighth, there'll receiver, be a run of receivers. He's in the still fourth a second round. or third I bet, receiver. I would bet money and putting up twenty reps and putting up a four four eight speed. That, those six, were good four, numbers. Six, five. Those were good numbers for him. And he doesn't always show that on tape. Because Notre Dame's offense was ass. One receiver who really did disappoint me, and we already talked about Boise State, was your boy um, Cedric, Cedric Wilson. He ran a four five five. That's good enough for him. It's good he enough. Faster time at his pro day. It's good enough, but he didn't play himself any higher. Like, but that's who he, he is. He plays. He played faster, and that might have been playing the Mountain West. But he definitely played faster than he that. Played clutch. So and he had mad shoulder injuries too. Like. Like, just he can return kicks. He can do a lot. And he played quarterback at his Juco. Cedric Wilson's a baller. He, he's like a poor man's Juju Smith-Schuster. And speaking of Boise State and Lacey's, uh, your boy Dante Pettis ran slow as well. I thought Dante Pettis didn't even run. I didn't even I, see his time. I no, think I think he, he did. I think he did. He probably ran a 4-6 too or something. And the, uh, yeah, it was something like that. I, Unless it was just one of those predicted ones. His but brother, sure his brother's Austin Pettis, former Boise State. Great. Former Ram. Yeah. Dante Pettis Primers is a good person. Oh, call in. Answer it. Hello. You're live on the Touchdowns and Tangents Radio. Give us your name and, and location. Where are you from? Yep. Hello. Ah, oh, someone got scared. Okay. Oh, wait, they called back. All right, let's try it again. Fam, are you actually pressing the right button? Nah, I'm not. Here we go. It's the green button, you asshole. Jesus. 
You're live on the Touchdowns and Tan- Tangents radio show. Give us your name and location. Hi, my name is Courtney. What? I am Kenneth Frank James Berry, older sister. <laughs> she got the name wrong. <laughs> she almost said my name wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. you know, I'm going to get you. That's my job. Um, <clears throat> I'm from Oakland in LA, but I'm in Arizona now. Um, I was trying to do a three-way kennel because I had that on the line, and he was gonna try to get on too. But every time when I try, I keep hanging up. That's so cool. just tell him to call after you. It's all good. Yeah, but um, you know, I just want to call and say I love you. And I'm proud of you, and you know, give me my support. Thank you, sis. I appreciate um, that. You still get on my nerves, but... <laughs> That's cool. Pete, you better not hang up on my sister. I'll stop. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to talk about, how was your day? Like, is this something that's really pissing you off that you got to get off your chest that we can talk about that won't destroy the family? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the main one is just this crazy wannabe third generation. And to explain, because... I told my brother earlier, um, where I work at, I work in a grocery store. And um, these little kids these days ain't got no damn sense. They're just going to put it out there. And what happened was that um, there's a 16-year-old kid. Okay, he was bagging on the lane. And I was helping someone else bag. And this older lady who was like the grandmother of the store she had um, made a little joke, and I'm not saying names because this is work. So you know, yeah, I'm trying to don't say names. Not get in trouble here. You can exactly. say the stage you're in. Yeah. Right, but um, anyway, she made a little joke, and she was like, "Oh, I don't know why he don't want to uh, talk to me." And all I said was, "Who cares?" And I started laughing because I knew she was joking. It was a personal conversation. So this little boy. And keep in mind, I'm 29. This little boy is 16 or 17, scrawny-looking kid. So, you could tell he's not about that life. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. So, first of all, he, he ain't standing up straight. He's not looking me dead in my eye. He won't even know that he's talking to me. But he says it under his breath, um, oh, I see y'all talking to me. So the first thing I said was, little boy, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Ralph. Yeah, this little dude, <laughs> one of his tenants get all hard, right? And he was like, you know what? You better watch what you're saying. You better watch what you're saying because I'm going to have my sister come to the store and kick your ass. Shut up, Pete. Oh, am I allowed to say that on the radio? Yeah, you yeah, are. go ahead. You're good. Uh, so okay. 16, a 16-year-old kid <laughs> threatened to have you beaten up. What did you So a 16-year-old kid threatened to have you beaten up. Right, yeah, for the most part. Um, it was hilarious. You know, I started laughing because, number one, it's like being mad at an infant. You know, I'm too grown for that. And number two, baby, I already know you're not about this life. And number three, ain't nothing worth me going to jail for or losing my job over. So I blew it off. But because it is work, you know, he did um, – had to face the consequences of that. And, you know, His he didn't end up quitting. Oh, okay. Huh? Yeah, man. Get that and clown like out of did... there. 
Like, yeah, like he did have a. Um, it's International you know, Women's Day. Talk. What'd you say? It's International Women's Day. Respect. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, he did have a talking to when he decided to quit. And it's like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. For three days straight, I was laughing my behind off because it was so funny. And I found out that um, he was mad at me over previous situation because, unfortunately, this young man did not like to do his job. And so he got mad at me because he felt that I was doing his job. But I'm like, look, I'm the type of person that I don't care if it's my job or not. If it needs to get done, it's going to get done, especially when it's something that's involving me. So bottom, so, so bottom line is, to wrap things up... <laughs> I love you, sis. But to to put this in perspective, his punk ass was running his mouth, and (laughs) he pretty much got forced to quit. And he threatened to have you beaten up by his big sister that's bigger than the the little sister. Is that 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 some little sister's bigger than the big sister? Something around those terms. And then he, yeah, you know, pretty much. But it is like the main thing was just like on a serious note, how lost these kids are. Because, you know, for, you know, like, it was funny, but then I stopped laughing. And my heart really went out to this young man because we have to realize we don't know how he was raised, where he came from, you know, what traits are deemed as true. Facts. And especially as a black man, you know, it's really sad that at such a young age, he already thinks that this behavior is acceptable. And, you know, and with us being where we from, Kenneth, it's like we know the outcome of that. It either leads to jail or death. Like, ain't nothing cool or funny about that. And so I was wondering, you know, what do you guys, what's your opinion, you know, about this new generation? And if any, what words of wisdom can you give them? Because, unfortunately, in my situation, I know I can't reach out to this young man, you know, like I want to. That might be a charge. But if I, right, but you know, it's like if I could, and if I could talk to this new generation, period, you know, I'm just like, look, nothing is worth their life. Nothing is worth you going to jail over. And I don't care how big and bad you think you are. There's always someone 10 times bigger and better than you. Damn. Don't sit up here and get this front and think that if you talk big or, you know, try to be a little gangster, which you know you're not, that's going to get your respect. Nah, bruh. Respect is you coming in and doing what you're supposed to do. Look at somebody in the eye when you're talking to them. Standing up straight. Handling situations where you think first before you act. That's how you get respect. I mean, I think Sagging, that's, I think that's pretty funny, much the advice, right? Yeah, I mean, that's some unnecessary What, what, else, do we, right what there. else do we need to add to that? That's perfect. That's facts. <laughs> like, especially especially on, on International Women's Day, we we don't need to speak for you. You, you just gave the advice for everyone out there. Yeah. Shout out to the well, OG. I, I, I appreciate that, gentlemen. That's very kind of y'all, but I know. Y'all got something to say at that. Next time, though, next time, though, just make him push some extra cards or, you know, I don't know, make him stack some extra produce or move some pallets around. Do do whatever you legally can to make his day a little bit 
Make more them, uneasy. <laughs> make them restock all the milk in the back. Clean the toilets and shit. Whatever, whatever you gotta do, just make them a little uncomfortable. Make them sweat a little bit, and he'll thank you at the end. Definitely, sis. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate you. Stay safe in Arizona because it's crazy and the shooters and it's racist out there. Um, stay safe. We love you. Have a great night. Thanks for calling. You too. Love you too, Kenan. Bye. Later. Yeah, man. So shout out to international women. Shout out to women everywhere, especially older sisters, because my sister used to beat my ass when I was a kid. She kept me out of plenty of fights. I'm gonna let the whole applause play out because you know we have to. Yeah. The point Even is, you know, you short as hell, and I'm always I'm the dominant sibling, but I still love you. The point is, man. I know that call was kind of on a tangent, but the point is, at That's least show. At least. At least she was confident with what she had to say, and she brought it, and she told a story, and she really had some advice and something that she wanted to say Very to nurturing. the audience and to us. So. And also, you I don't young, have a problem with that. Yeah, you young college kids, especially going through the combine, like a guy like Tariq Hill, certain cats who have domestic violence issues should probably hear something like that because when you make decisions based off emotion, it's how you ruin your life. I think the point is you just need to you need to know your place in society and respect your role and I think that's what she's saying is show up, do your part, and then you can worry about talking and being a badass. But if you're not even doing that, you're not even in you have no room to talk. You have respect is the greatest mouthpiece. Respect is the greatest representative. I don't have to say anything, I, but and, if I exude respect And I know we've talked a lot about Richard Sherman taking it back to football, but yep. That's one of the reasons why, even though I never really liked Richard Sherman, especially when he was coming up, point is he earned it on the field because he balled out. Yeah, and you can't say, oh, he's a dumb jock because he went to Compton, Dominguez High School, and on top of that was like the smartest kid in all his classes and put in that work and went to Stanford, got essentially an Ivy League education. All right, man, so let's wrap up the combine. Um, I'm going to give you just some rapid fire, some other people. By the way, y'all need, need to put some respect on Josh Rosen's name. Dur- Seriously. Duran Payne, he was actually athletic. I don't think it matters because he's from Alabama. Ran a 491, um, which was excellent. Shaquem Griffin, which we talked about. He's more than a great story. He's more than a great athlete. Perseverance personified. He has, he has NFL bloodlines. Draft that man in the first three rounds or the system is broken, like Sherman said. Yep. Will Hernandez. That dude out of UTEP, he said he was going to buy a bidet with his money. Shout out to him. I mean, you from Texas. You probably eat a lot of barbecue. You're going to need a bidet. Uh, and also one of the strong – I think he was the strongest lineman, offensive lineman in the draft. And he's probably going to be a guard that goes in the first round. He's definitely going to be a first round. Like, Quentin Nielsen is like can't miss, but this dude is also going to be great for a long time. DJ Clark from LSU had a great workout. But DJ Chalk? Yeah, there you go. But he's probably just a workout guy. No, I think he, LSU receivers are usually stick around in the he's NFL. He's actually he's he's. I think they said he's faster than Landry. He had a better broad jump than Odell. He's six three and ran a four three four forty. He's the same speed as Patrick Peterson. He's way faster than Odell and Landry. And Josh Allen, of course, ran a four seven a bunch five of people at the combine for no reason. He had a he had a Jamarcus Russell esque workout, so everyone was amazed by his arm talent. Losers, real quick. Orlando Brown, obvious one, fourteen reps, NFL bloodlines. Four eight five. 
585. 585. I'm tripping. Wow. 585. Slow as hell. Everybody who uh, destroyed their hamstring. Which, man, with, with as we've seen with soft tackles, someone will probably still take him in the top four rounds. Oklahoma. But if they could find something. I mean, it's it's with the tackle position, you develop late, so I get why you roll the dice. Where at the same time. But not when you run a 585. We've heard this story too many times. Your boy, Ronald Jones. Bro, Ronald ran, Jones runs is a legit 4-4 four, four four guy. Seven, bro. He pulled his hamstring mid-run. All right, well, hopefully it's better by the pro day. Several guys did. By the way, the, the pro day is March 23rd. We talked about earlier. Shout out to Catavia Street. Everyone was hyping him up. He, he said he was going to run a 4-5. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He ran a 4, like 9. I don't know how the hell he was going to run a 4-5 at 280. Lamar whatever. Jackson. Um... Yo, he won because as far as I'm concerned, he won because he didn't run and didn't buy into him the being an athlete. Mentality, yeah. But he lost as far as being accurate. But so. I mean, it's a handful. Like the thing is, that's why Sam Donald didn't want to throw because he don't know these cats, and you want to. It's easy to to be inaccurate around cats who you don't know. And if it works out, it's good. And if it doesn't work out, they shit on you. At least he went out there to compete. But then you're going to sit up here and disrespect the man. Because guess what? Josh Allen did run a 475. Why didn't he have to go try out for tight ends? Because he's athletic. And if he has a big arm and no accuracy, he's useless. All right. But anyway. So. He's going to run a 4-3 at his pro day. Come on, Jackson. So since we're, we're, we're running low on time. Got 15 minutes, bro. Um, There's still a lot of stuff we haven't even talked about. We can go 20. So I'm gonna give you the um, transaction, whatever storyline. You can give me a touchdown. You can give me a turnover. You know how the game works. Touchdowns the tangent show. Um, let's get it. Okay. So Ooh. what? Something to say? No, nah, I was like, "Ooh, let's go." You getting hyped? What? I've been waiting for this part of the show, and what my sister said, like it was a great pregame speech at halftime. All right. Chris Ivory to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> what? Huh? Huh? Turnover. I don't Is that an obvious shit. one? I don't give a shit. He don't care. I don't know why they signed him. He. The Bills are stupid. Fitzgerald back to the Bucks. Wait, what? <laughs> Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitz Ryan Fitzgerald. Fitzpatrick. You Fitzpatrick. Mean? Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, man. It's been a long day. I've been up since four. Me too. Give me a break. Uh, I mean, it's good for Jameis, I guess, in case he gets hurt again. That's a touchdown. Rams get Sam Shields. That's a touchdown because he'll be great in the slot. Turnover. He hasn't played in two years. He was injured, so he got healthy. Concussions. We don't even know if he's ever going to get back. Bro, He all he needs to do is play the slot. That's all they need him for. You have Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. He's playing the slot. Nikel Roby. We'd be playing special teams and probably be in a dime package because joiners are safety, so they'll figure it out. Something we already talked about earlier, um, I'll go treat to the Giants. That From is the a, Giants' perspective, is it a touchdown or that's a That's a major touchdown. I remember when they traded um, John Beeson from the Panthers to the Giants. He and, held down the line. he only had like two years left. Yeah, but still, he held down their linebacking core. They just didn't build around him. And now you put Because Ogletree. he was hurt. He was banged up, too. Yeah, but he was still good enough for a Giants defense that doesn't really value linebackers. Now I agree with you. I'm just, is, I'm just pushing back. Yeah, Gettleman values linebackers. 
So I feel like the Giants will probably load up at linebacker because they're moving Dominic Rogers Cromarty to free safety. And I guess they'll keep Eli Apple, but they should probably just trade him. But I don't know. And then you also have an all pro safety and you have you have Janoris Jenkins. So it's a defense there. You have pass rushers for the Giants. They just need to play better and you they need to They're just the like in an awkward spot for me because they're I They're gonna feel get like, a linebacker in this draft and I feel like they're like in that position and I think the Dolphins are there too, where they have a lot of money on the books and they've rolled the dice in free agency and it might have got them a playoff berth, but they're not a contender. And last year they underachieved, so now they're at that work position where they can get one or two pieces to try to retool. But they're probably better off just tanking and blowing it all up. Well, they got to build through the draft. They have the second overall pick. If they can get Sinquan Barkley, it's a wrap. Or Quentin Nelson. If you get Barkley, if he's best available, you get Nelson because you want an elite offensive line because you need an elite offensive line. Okay. DeMar- he's better than Chris Deal. Okay, the, ten- the Tennessee Titans um, cut DeMarco Murray. Is this a touchdown or a turnover for DeMarco Murray? It's a touchdown for both sides. Derrick Henry is a is the back that they want. They're probably going to draft a faster scat back. Um, Where's Murray going? I agree with you, though. He'll probably end up – I would be shocked if he went back to Philly. Um, Denver, to fill that, Denver, that blunt role. Denver could happen. Uh, the Packers. Um, Does he have gas left, though? He has gas left. It's just you can't give him a bunch of carries because his body will break down like it always does. But you can he can help out in the passing game for sure. So I think if you give him limited carries, the same with Frank Gore. If you give certain guys limited carries and limited roles, they help progress your offense. Don't make they're not a focal piece of the offense anymore. And he honestly going to Tennessee, I think, kind of ruined him. He shouldn't have never went there, chasing money. But uh, he, I think he should have just said, oh, "Let me try Green Bay," because I can play with Aaron Rodgers. Because Jamal. Uh, Whatever Warner, whatever his last name is, he's not cutting it. Jamal Williams, he's not cutting it. And and for the backers, averaging three point nine yards a carry. All right, three point six, la- I think actually. Uh, last two things I want to get to on the touchdowns and tangents radio show on the Good News Radio Station. Um, you can give us a call. Three two three nine hundred zero four seven eight. Um, and so Kenny, we'll we'll both kind of go into this standard. Give us a take. Give us a tangent. Uh, two stories that I kind of wanted to get to a little bit earlier. We have some time. Let's get to it before we get to our final takes. Closing the show explosively. Uh, we already talked about Gousset earlier as far as on the field. We got to learn how to say his name. <laughs> yeah, we really do. <laughs> we really, we dead ass like do. Shit. I really do, man. Come on, man. I, I got to do this better. This baby Marshall. We got to be better. <laughs> um, got to say Creole names better. He came out and said that he... They basically NFL Network asked him, hey, as I ask everyone, what what was some crazy questions you got at the combine? And he was like, "Well, they someone actually asked me if I liked men, and they asked me if my mom ever sold herself for sex. I was a prostitute. So give me a take, give me a tangent. Uh, some racist ass white dude probably asked that question because I know they're not asking Josh Rosen if his mom was a prostitute or if he's gay." Well, Will Kane, your boy, came Fuck in. Fuck Will Kane. Your boy, he came in and was like, and his mother. NFL teams are trying to see if he can handle pressure and handle off 
off-field things and random things that are thrown at him because that's like why are only black players I'm, being I'm paraphrasing question I'm paraphrasing but that's what he said which George Sedano who's a local LA host was like okay what does that have to do with anything they don't ask you that at a job Will Kane pushed back and was like well uh oh uh, well off the field stuff matters like Ray it? Rice isn't in the league because he couldn't rush Alden Smith is is out of the league because False equivalency. Be- because of domestic violence. And then he gave, like, one more other example. And Sedano pushed back and was like, what is that? That's a literal false If you want to compare someone's sexual orientation to domestic violence and alcohol abuse, that's on you, bro. We should, <laughs> like, talk, we should be talking Baker Mayfield. Are you gay? Are you beating your girlfriend? Because you out- tried to outrun the cops when you were drunk. Like, I bet you he was getting questions like that. So give me a take or give me a tangent on it. I Man, guess your take is that race is that it's mad racist because they asked Des Bryant if his mom was a crack whore and his dad was a pimp. Like, yo, some of these cats came up through shit that most of y'all little punk ass scouts couldn't, and some of you punk ass journalists too, or so called journalists would never survive. Like, I've been talking through heads shit, more like talking heads. Talking heads. Some of no, some journalists too. They're just not well known, but they hide behind that same little cluster of people who are like it's not racist. Oh, it's a part of the job. I guarantee you, if they asked a gay person that uh, job interview, are you gay? Was your mother a prostitute? If you put that in any other, Here. let me finish, any other job setting that wasn't football, your ass would get hit with a class action lawsuit. It's not necessary to ask that question. Here, here. Yeah, but you're only asking it to black players. Here's my all thing. the black players have the same narrative when you ask them, well, what did you get asked at the combine? All right, all right. Here's my thing. And I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you 100%. I completely agree with what you're saying. They're insensitive questions. But I'm going to give you a tangent on it, and here's why. You already brought up the fact about, the inter- about outside job interview. Cool. My thing is. Don't say the word committee. I might snap. My thing is, how did he answer it? One. Two. Does it matter? Exactly. That's I what hope I'm he saying. said, yeah, you look cute. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if he says yes, so what? Clifton the booty warrior. What, what, is it, what does it have to do with anything? Like, how does that change anything? He's like, yeah, you're, so you're not going to draft him? Literally. I think Jamel Hill said it. She's I wish he would have said yeah. I said I tweeted back at Will Kane. He didn't reply back. But I'm like, did anyone ask you at ESPN if you were gay while you were getting that job? If your mother was a, was a prostitute? I'm pretty sure that wasn't part of the job requirements. If you have to know my fucking background history, like and Des Bryant was a was a great receiver in this league at one point, and guess what? He's and even I know better that, because he survived and I, the horrible childhood he had. And I know the NFL isn't very progressive, but if there were an races. openly gay superstar, he would make a ton of Skrilla. And I don't want to equate someone's sexuality to you know being a money bag grab, but I'm just saying. Jason Collins, Michael if, Sam, if you can they get flipped that, money out if of If you can get that extra bag off your brand, yep. why not? But, and there's gay football players. They've already said it. Like, all yeah. These dudes, like, it's, in every sport. It, dude, it's I played known. with a guy in high school who was gay, and guess what? He still kicked people's asses freshman year. I'm not going to say his name, but if you went to my high school, we all know who it was. But either way, it didn't matter. Like, respect is respect. It all goes back to respect. And those are some of the most disrespectful ass questions I've ever heard. I would have clapped back and said, you know, I'm not gay, but I heard your wife tastes nice. I bet if he had replied back with that, they'd be like, ooh, that's disrespectful. I'm like, what? If I'm on the field and someone says that, 
I don't reply back with anger. I reply back with a smart ass remark. Uh, Why are you mad? If they exactly. turn the tables on them, exactly. and they that, would get mad. And that's what I was asking you is how would you react? You already said. How I'd I would react. File, some foul shit. How I would react is. We'd be fighting for real. Are guys. you gay? Like, are you gay? Do you like men? Like, do you know who Clifton Booty Water is? Booty Warrior is? Did Can you, you not say stuff like that on there? You didn't see the the Boondocks? We're gonna forget that infamous Boondocks episode. Nah, I don't remember. Yeah, there's no. It was a real dude. I forget his something. The Booty Warrior, but they literally. He used to be like, "I like you, I want you. We can do it the easy way or the hard no, way." No, I know what you're talking about. That Another episode. I didn't know that was his name. But if if dude from LSU had said that, or like. Let's say the scout wouldn't have got it. He would have took his shirt off and said it. <laughs> Gusey would have laughed. That shit would have been hilarious. Gusey would have been dying laughing, but, but it's no, no Jeff one else Ireland's got it. punk ass. Because Jeff Ireland from the Miami Dolphins, Miko Grimes, famous NFL wife and journalist, said it. It's you did not just call Miko Grimes a journalist, bro. She has a, she has a career in journalism. Stop. She said it. Stop. She had a career in it before her. She even got Stop. with her husband. Okay, so we're just going to disregard people's careers. Back. All right, I'm going to have to fact check you. Stay tuned. She week. said it herself. All right, all right. All right let's but anyway. On. Let's move on to the next but anyway, topic. We don't have a lot of time. That shit got You me already hot. got it. I was, that was disrespectful. You I just, would want to fight. I want to fight Jeff Ireland anyway for the Miami Dolphins because he said right, some foul all right, shit. All right, last topic. Um, Go for it. The Texans said they're not going to sign. They're <sighs> not going to um, sign anyone who participated in protests. And J.J. Watt didn't say shit about it again. The Dolphins... Which, come on, bro. J.J. Watt did like $10 million for Houston. Give him a break. Nah, he didn't say shit when uh, his own, when the owner of his team said, oh, so I mean, DeAndre, I mean, everyone's still playing there, bro. So it's like. Nah, but when the white player, Mr. Good Guy, Mr. John Cena doesn't uh, say anything. I don't want to get into this, bro. He didn't. Can, he can chose not to say Can you give me the, can you give me the damn it. topic and then you can give me your tangent on it? All right, cool. Shit. Okay. The Texans said they're not signing protesters. The Dolphins said they're only they want people to stand up for the anthem. Immediately, both teams retracted like the next day because they got a bunch of backlash from players and fans. So give me a, a take or give me a tangent. Uh yeah, pretty much. Here's my take. Um they should just stop talking about this shit. <laughs> We know you're racist. You're white and racist. So I'm not surprised there. We can just look at history and see what you're going to say. No one likes a slave revolt on our plantation. So you might as well just shut the hell up because no one wants to hear your lily white ass, your racist self talk. And I should probably stop prefacing because they're white. But guess what? It keeps being white people coming out doing this shit. So I'm and just you know talking why? about them. And you know why? And because we, there's only white owners and there's only like two black Shout out GMs to Mark Cuban getting in more trouble, by the way. Shout out. Well, we're not going to talk about that. I haven't seen that. but Oh, bro. He I got in more it trouble. It's even worse. Um, um, but bottom line is, to finish my take, um, the, it's just a joke that they're still. Uh, Kenny Stills was on Rich Eisen today. He was talking about it. And he was touching on like the stuff that happened in the draft. And it's just. There's a certain culture in the NFL, man, where they just are really disrespectful towards anything that isn't a conservative ideology. And these old-ass owners should just keep their mouth shut. And these players aren't playing it anymore. All right, my tangent on it is... Because the Eagles proved my yo, tangent, we're going to do it regardless. My tangent on it is, look, the players are using their platform, and I'm tired of 
media giving the owners a platform because, like you said, they need to just shut up and just own and just sit on your millions of dollars and watch your game. Billions, and, billions of and dollars. And just be quiet and just enjoy the product because we know you're racist and we know you're not going to change. So we don't need to hear it anymore. Fans are tired of it. We're tired of talking about it. And my last point is, as you said, they're all white because, well, ownership's white. And I'm going to bring candy. it back it's full land. circle to what we talked about at the top of the show, Lamar Jackson. We, it's an ongoing thing. Michael Vick said if he was a GM, he'd take him. And that's my issue. Guess what, Michael Vick? You're not a GM, and there's not very many GMs who look like you, unfortunately. And that's why we keep trying to put Lamar Jackson into this box, even though he's probably the best quarterback in this draft, or at least top three. Production-wise, so carried an offense. My point is, and I think your point is, NFL is conservative, it's racist, and we're tired of it, and we're tired of talking about it. So go ahead, get into your unnecessarily tough rant on the Touchdowns and Tangents show. Uh, I'm going to go at like just certain people in the media who have these conservative racist-ass views, but they hide and say it's conservative. It's like, you know, if you were in a room full of the room full of the people you were talking shit about, You'd be copping, please. I would love for that dude to who asked that question, are you gay and um, was your mother a prostitute? I would love to be in the, I would love for him to go to Jordan Downs and say that shit. I would love for him to go to the Hard East Oakland and say that for a room full of killers. And let's see if you make money, money. Because people like that, it's, they're cowards. They always pose situations to their benefit. So if you say anything... Either you're crazy or you're race baiting. And I think we've proven with everything that's happened so far, 2018 with who's president, it's not about race baiting. It's just some really evil, foul-ass people out here. And we can't keep pretending like we're all wanting to go towards this utopia of everyone being equal and intersectionality and all this other shit. We got to really be honest. There's certain people who just don't really fuck with us. Us, whether it be you're black, you're non-white, you have common sense, you know how to p- turn on your blink, your uh, your blinkers, you actually know how to park. Hell, you know not to wash soap or not to watch chicken with soap. Yeah, that's a video on Facebook. Some dude was washing chicken with fucking dish soap. Don't get me started on that. But it's just a lot of people out here who are just counterproductive to basic human rights and simple intelligence and we got to really call those dumb asses out i'm tired of pretending like we're not it's not some kumbaya type thing and i think that's the problem that's why you have beefs and uncomfortable environments and work whether it's school professors who are out here wanting to bring guns to school and one and the first students who are going to get shot are going to be the black ones let's not act like that ain't true um i i just it really irks me, and I just feel like we got to be honest with ourselves first, and then we got to be honest with the people around us and the people who say they're with us but don't actually back it up with any receipts. And the people who show you who you are, because this is a saying, when people show you who they are, you need to believe them, and we really need to start doing that, not just in sports but in life. That's all I got to say. Yeah, man, so that's one thing that I was actually going to talk about which you already kind of touched on, which I t- touched on at the top of the show, which your sis talked on when she came in. 
is it's all about integrity, man. It's about lining up your actions with your words. It's about saying you're going to be somewhere and being there. It's about having a good attitude. It's about, you know, showing your appreciation, not just through words and pats on the back, but also through direct means and direct actions. And ultimately, man, as much as, you know, I kind of went on a ramble and everything, the point is, if you listen to this show, I appreciate you. For real, facts. If you call in, I appreciate you. I thank you. But at the end of the day, man, we work really hard at this, and this is a part of a process. And Every single day we come in here and try to get better, and we have been getting better. And Every week it's a better show, and that's the sort of integrity that we operate not only in here but just in everyday life. And hopefully you can pick up something from that. Hopefully you listen to this show I don't care if you listen to this shit before you go to sleep because it relaxes you and you wake up with some conscience or you wake up with some football takes or some football knowledge. I don't care if you're on the bus and you chuckle at some blasphemous shit KB says or some random ass metaphor. I don't care if you laugh at my stupid ass stoner laugh or you just want to slander me because I'm fair weather and middle of the road and whatever the case. I don't care if you completely agree with us or disagree with us. The point is just listen and operate with integrity like we try to operate with integrity because that's what this audio brand that we're trying to build. That's what the good news station radio station is about. That's what the platform is about. It's about being informative. It's about being conscious. And our show is really about that as well as, well, not sucking. So there it is. Touchdowns and Tangents Radio. What, episode six, five, six, whatever, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, we're tweener. So we thank you for listening. We hope you will listen again. We hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. We're basically everywhere podcasts are, Stitcher, Podbean. um, Spreaker, Facebook, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Google Play. um, And we have an overtime show that we actually give short one-minute teasers, bits, through the week called touchdowns and tangents overtime on anchor that's on anchor that's on spotify that's also on itunes that's also on google play iheart so man medium too so man really there's no reason not to listen to this show because we give you both a long form live radio show we give you both a podcast and we also give you short quick audio bits so really just subscribe Check out the Good News Radio Station. Check out Courtside Radio. Check out Key Show. Check out Dablin. Check out every everything, man. Everything's good. Everything's a different shows. different type of lane. Everything's a different speed. Everything is informative and conscious, man. Yeah, you got a whole family of network of different type of shows. Um, whatever you, I mean, we all got lives and stuff that we go through. So whatever you need to get you through today, go for it. If we can add any value to your day, or if you want to use us because you know you want to win an argument with your significant other, go for it. The point is, man, we just hope that you can listen to this show. You can learn a little bit about football. You can learn how that relates to society. You can laugh a little bit. You might act a little bit. And, well, you won't suck afterwards. And you'll realize that, yeah, you're not the only one who thinks that. 
And you might try out your local hood food eatery. Yeah. Even if you regret it afterwards, because you really should have just went to the main food eatery that you always go to. It's like going to your side. It's like going to your main when you should have just went to your side piece that day. And that only goes out to people who actually have side pieces. Um, Anybody else, don't ruin your relationship. Trying to be fancy, trying to get side pieces. Don't do it. Love each other and all that good stuff. All right, man. This is Touchdowns of Tangents Radio. Um, Have a good week. Peace. Deuces. Be safe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.